This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. This morning, miracles happen in his name. How many believe it? Oh, I need a bit more than that. How many believe that? Yeah, Um, because coincidentally, but then there's no coincidences, I guess. Coincidentally, that's what I'm speaking about this morning is a miracle uh, that didn't seem to be happening, but then suddenly did because that's what tends to happen. And that song fits in lovely um, with what I'm going to speak about this morning. Who likes fishing? Nobody. Well, you're you're with me. I know Roger does because uh, Irene has told us many a time of the story about them. My father used to love fishing. And I did try and track down a photo to put up this morning. Um, he woke me up once. I was only about eight. He woke me up once about like one, two o'clock in the morning because he'd caught this massive fish. And I've got to put my mic down because it was that big. Um, and he was so excited because it was so big. He woke me up kind of in the middle of the night. You've got to take a photo. You've got to take a photo. Bear in mind, I was only eight. It was like, uh, didn't go down very well. But yeah, I, I absolutely hate fishing. My father um, used to take, try and take us all fishing. Two of my brothers stuck with it. They enjoyed it and still fish to this day. But I was not interested at all. It is so boring, isn't it? Anybody who's been fishing, you sat there with your little rod. You're thinking, you know, I'm going to turn into one of those little gnomes in a minute, you know, and you're just sitting on, on your rock there. And, um, and I always just say to my dad, Dad, when am I going to catch one? And he just used to reply going, shh, you've got to be quiet. You'll scare the fish. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, at eight and nine, thinking, oh, my life, I need to get away from here. And so very, very quickly, that was one hobby that I did not participate in with my father. And do you know what? I think it's a little bit sexist anyway, isn't it? Because it's a men's thing. Do you know, I'm quite comfortable. You know, sometimes you think women can do everything men can do. Men, go fishing. (laughs) Go fishing. That is something that you can have all to yourself because I just, like, I'm not into it at all. Two fellas were fishing in a boat under a bridge. One looks up and sees a funeral procession starting across the bridge. He stands off, stands off, stands up, takes off his cap and bows his head. The procession crosses the bridge and the man puts on his cap, picks up his rod and continues to fish. The other guy says, that was touching. I didn't know you had it in you. The first guy responds, well, I guess it was the thing to do. After all, I was married to her for 40 years. (laughs) So... So that's my, that's my fishing, fishing joke. So as you can guess, my, uh, the miracle that I want to talk to you about this morning is about fishing. Because they did a lot of fishing, didn't they? That was kind of the in thing to do um, back then. So I want to look at the story that you may very well um, know from John chapter 21. And it's the New Living Translation, if you are following in your Bible. So I'm just going to read that now. So this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Canaan, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Mystery. There's a mystery. There's two other disciples. Who were they? Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they said. So out they went in the boat, but they caught nothing. That's why I don't go fishing. Because it's like, oh my gosh, it just doesn't happen for me anyway. But they caught nothing at dawn so they'd been there all night it's like you'd give up wouldn't you well I would at dawn Jesus was standing on the beach but the disciples couldn't see who it was he called out guys have you caught any fish no they replied then he said throw out your nets on the right hand side of the boat and you'll get some 
So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he jumped into the water and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the Lord net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking on a charcoal fire with some bread. Isn't that like working in a Chinese and going home and your husband's cooked you with chow mein? It's like, you know, who, who does that, isn't it? Bring some fish you've, you've just caught, said Jesus. So Simon Peter went aboard, dragged the net onto the shore. There was 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them with bread and fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples. There's something dreamlike about this scene, isn't there? Can you imagine it? I like to imagine things. Halfway between night and day, so the sun was just rising. The first hint of dawn spreading across the horizons. Patches of mist and fog rising up from the water. The gentle noise of waves against the boat and against the shore. The dripping from the nets as they pull them up. Nothing there. Put it back. The deep sighs of the fishermen, whose muscles were probably aching from the toil of a fruitful, fruitless night. And then this divine stranger, standing on the shore, calling out to them through the mist, telling them that they will catch something if they just put the net on the other side of the boat, on the right side. Yeah, right. They'd been fishing all night, and the fish were not biting for whatever reason. They still have the nets in the water on the left-hand side of the boat, and nothing is happening. So what possible difference could it make moving the net from here to here? They were professional fishermen. They had no idea who this stranger is. But for some unknown reason, they didn't question the advice at all. They did, the Bible says, the verse says, if you read back, that immediately they just pulled the nets out and put it over you. And immediately they caught the fish. The Bible says they were unable to pull the nets out into the boat because there were so many fish and they were huge. They were stunned at what had happened that night and suddenly it dawns on them that it was Jesus who had been calling them. Can I suggest that the story of the lake and the fishermen suggests something to us about some of our stories, about the way we may be going about our daily lives but seemingly without any reward and without any catching the fish? Some of us have been plodding along in our jobs week after week, year after year with no sense of accomplishment and a feeling that we're just not getting anywhere. Anybody can relate to that? We've been coming up with nothing in our personal relationships maybe, seemingly banging our head up against a brick wall with that, that one person. Or maybe we just haven't been getting any return on our spiritual efforts. We turn up for church, we pray, we read our Bibles, we listen to podcasts, and maybe we do all of the above. We serve hard, we are diligent, but nothing is happening. Our nets are just keep returning empty. Empty feelings, maybe of shame, of fear, guilt, despair, anxiety, frustration, sadness, and we're just tired, like the fishermen were. At the end of the night, they'd been trying and trying and trying and trying, and they were just tired. Does nothing ever seem to happen? Nothing ever seems to go right. Do you get that feeling sometimes? Our lives are empty and sometimes we just feel so unfulfilled and you just think, do you know what? It's not worth it. Why am I doing it? 
Let's just forget this. Let's just move on. So what miracle are you waiting for? It could be a small miracle in your eyes. It could be a big miracle in your eyes. It doesn't really matter. What are you waiting for? So this morning, I want to encourage you. This morning, we're going to throw our nets on the other side of the boat, on the right side of the boat. What's the point? I've been trying for years. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been doing the other. What is the point? Maybe, unlike the disciples who just did it, you might be saying, why? I, I can't be bothered. I've given up. There's no possibility. But what if? What if? What if there's a huge reward waiting for you? What if, if you just make a little few adjustments to your fishing technique, there are a huge reward waiting to you? What would that mean to you? Financial improvement? We all could do with a bit of that. Relationship improvements? Health improvements? Self-esteem improvements? Confidence improvements? Hope improved? Your future improved? What if all it takes is a few adjustments? Ephesians 3 tells us God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. So why isn't he? Maybe it's just because we need to make a few adjustments to the way we are fishing. So this morning, I want to look at a few adjustments. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So the first adjustment is do it his way. So these are fairly basic, but we'll see where we go. It must have been really difficult for the fishermen, when you think about it, to listen to the solution of this stranger. Like I said, they were professional fishermen. They knew what they were doing. And all of a sudden, they had this person. They didn't know if they were a fisherman. They could have been a doctor. They could have been a anything. They didn't know who it was. And here this person was telling them what to do. They knew about fishing. And perhaps were probably, at the time, some of the best fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. Yet it was being suggested to them that they were doing it wrong. They were, what was being suggested didn't make sense. What possible difference could it, be, could it have made? We've been fishing on the left-hand side all night and we've caught nothing. What difference will it make on the right-hand side? But you know, sometimes God puts us in situations where it seems that there is no answer We've tried everything. We thought we knew how it needed to be done. It worked before, so why can't it work again? And now somebody has given us a simplistic answer that really frustrates us because it's not what we want to hear and it sounds stupid. Why couldn't Jesus just make the fish swim into the net? Wouldn't that have been easier? He would have saved them pulling it out and putting it back, wouldn't it? He could have done it. Why go to the bother of having them move the net? For that matter... Jesus could have just asked the fish, guys, can you jump in the boat for them? Couldn't he? He could have done it that way. But if he had done, it wouldn't have involved any aspect of obedience at all. Jesus didn't do it for them. He tested their obedience so that they could learn the blessing that follows obedience. You see, in your relationship with God, success follows obedience, even when you've been asked to do something that seems ridiculous. You can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. You can't do the wrong things and expect the right results. You, it doesn't work that way. Success comes as we listen to Jesus and does do what he says. Luke 11 says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So why isn't that miracle happening for you? 
They once was a weak and sickly man. His condition grew worse, but he could not afford a doctor. He lived in the deep, dark woods in an old log cabin, and out in front of the cabin was a huge boulder. One night he had a vision. God told him to go out, push the massive rock in front of the home all day long, day after day, until God told him to stop. The man got up early in the morning, and with great excitement, he pushed on the rock as long as he could. After a rest, he pushed some more. Each day, he pushed harder and for a little longer. Day after day, he pushed. Days rolled into weeks, weeks into months, as he faithfully pushed against the rock. After eight months of pushing the rock, the man was getting a little bit tired of pushing the rock. So he thought, I need to look at this. So he started to measure how far he was pushing the boulder and soon realised that the boulder was in the same place as when he started. The man was so disappointed because he saw his work had, sorry, he saw his work had accomplished nothing. He was tired and he decided to give up. He sat on the porch and cried because he had invested so much time and for nothing. How many of us sometimes feel like that? As the sun was setting in the west, Jesus came and sat down next to the man or sitting on his porch. He said, son, why are you so sad? The man replied, Lord, you know how sick and weak I am. And then the vision you gave me built up a false hope. I have pushed with all that's within me for many months. And that old rock is right where it was when it started. Jesus said to him, I never told you to move the rock. I told you to push the rock. As an act of obedience, the man, sorry, Jesus told the man to step in front of the mirror and look at himself. As an act of obedience, the man stepped in front of the mirror. He was amazed. How could he have missed it? He'd been sick and weak. And when he saw the man in the mirror, it was a strong, muscular man. He also realized that he'd been feeling better for months. And it was all because he'd been pushing the rock. The man realized that the plan of God was not to change the position of the rock, but to change him. You see, when we are obedient to God, sometimes our miracles don't happen straight away. But the obedience to God in itself changes us and makes us into better people. You see, maybe whatever it is you're waiting to happen isn't happening because you're just not willing to push the rock. Obeying God doesn't make you weaker, it makes you stronger. As you realize that with him, all things are possible. So the second adjustment, less of me. The disciples have been fishing all night. They'd done all they could. They knew the best fishing places. They knew how to use their tackle. They were experts at their trades, but they still had no fish. They were at the end of what they could do. Their resources were spent, but that's when God showed up. At the point where we give up is often when God shows up. You see, when you are coming empty, when you are praying, but when you are coming up empty and you are praying, but getting silence back, when you are waiting and growing more panicky that things aren't happening, when your nets come back empty for the 20th time and nothing indicates that help is on the way, Jesus is still there. The disciples didn't need a new boat. They didn't need a new net or change the location. They didn't need new partners or a new business name. They didn't meet, need to move to a different synagogue to get a fresh start. The disciples weren't lacking. But what Jesus did is showed the disciples what they could do without him. And then he showed them what he could do without them. 
John 3.30 says he must become greater and I must become less and less. You see, when we come to the end of us, we come to the beginning of God. When we come to the end of what we can do, that is when we are ready to see what God can do. Proverbs 3 famously says, don't try and work things out of your own. Put your own ideas. These guys were professional fishermen. It made no sense to do what this stranger was asking them to do. They could have easily said, what does he know? Let's just go home. But they didn't. They put what they knew behind them and trusted in this stranger's voice. So second adjustment is less of me. Third adjustment, fish a bit closer. You see, the fish weren't the other side of the lake. They were just the other side of the boat. So the answer to your miracle is often closer than you think. There's an interesting story in the Old Testament uh, about a Syrian general named Naaman. One day he walked to find that leprosy had completely taken his body. His slave girl, whom he had had captured uh, captive from one of his battles, uh, said to his wife, it's only my master would see the prophet who's in Samaria. He would cure him of leprosy. So Naaman went to Elisha, the prophet, who did uh, not even come out of the house. How kind of rude is that? But he had his servant go out and tell him to bathe in the Jordan River, which was just down the road. He was to dip himself seven times. Naaman was furious. He felt insulted that he had to bathe in the river in Jordan. He was from Syria. And besides, he wanted something miraculous, something amazing to happen. He said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand and cure me of my leprosy. You see, Naaman wanted something massive to happen, something spectacular to happen. But one of his servants tried to reason with him and said, if the prophet had told you to do a great thing, would you have done it? How much more then when he tells you to wash and be cleansed? So he went and he dipped himself in the Jordan River. He didn't go back to Syria. He went to the river down the road. This miracle, because he was healed, the miracle was closer than he thought. It was humbling. It didn't make sense to do it. The river wasn't even in his land. The answer was closer than he thought. How many people do you know that pray for an answer to their problems? When the answer comes, they don't like the answer. So they don't do it because it doesn't make sense. It's like we want something big and great and massive to happen and spectacular to happen. But you're asking me to do this. They don't do it. You see, the answer to your miracle or your full net, maybe to you, is a brand new job. But maybe to God, it's your answer to your miracle is just be kind to the colleague that you're really, really horrible to. You think you might think that the answer to your full net is to earn more money. When God's answer is to your full net is just be generous with what you have got. You see, the answer to your full net might be let's take that person down that's offended me. But the answer to your full net is forgive and move on. You see, the answer is closer than you think. God will not trust you with big things if he can't trust you and if you're not willing to do the small things. So the fish weren't the other side of the lake. The fish were just the other side of the boat. Your answer could be closer than you think. Adjustment four, the last one, you'll be glad to hear. Realise who's calling you. You see, the disciples did what the stranger said without knowing who he was. Did they think, well, 
Why not? I got nothing to lose. We don't know what was going through their minds at that time, but they listened to the stranger. But once the miracle had happened, once the fish were in the net, they realized who the mystery stranger was. You see, we need to realize who is calling us. And what I mean by that, not just the fact that God is calling us, I think we all know that, but know the person that is calling us. He's done it before, so he can do it again. We sang that this morning, haven't we? You see, Jesus did a similar um, miracle back in Luke 5. He took Peter out in the night on a boat. He hadn't caught any fish. And he told Peter, you know, he told Peter exactly what to do. And Peter caught the fish. So he'd done it before. So we've got to realize that the miracles and breakthroughs that we are waiting for, God has done before. He's done it before. He can do it again. The other thing about this Jesus who's calling us is he can do something out of nothing. The disciples were fishing, they'd caught nothing. But God steps in and there's an abundance of fish. At Canaan, the water pots were empty. But God steps in and there's abundance of water which is then turned into wine. God can give health where there is sickness. He can give strength where there is weakness. He can give life where there is death. He can give hope where there's despair. He can give forgiveness where we only see shame. God can make something out of nothing. And whenever he does, he does it in abundance. The water pots were full of wine. The people had so much wine left over. The baskets of food after feeding 5,000 people were overflowing with food. They collected spare. The nets were so full, they couldn't pull them onto the boat. Whatever he does... He does in abundance. And he's already done it. You see, what you maybe don't realize is that God goes before you. He's prepared the way and the fish are waiting. The disciples, even though they were fishing, Jesus had already prepared breakfast with fish. He'd already done it. He'd already got them. He's already got this for you. Deuteronomy 31 says, The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So I'm not sure where you're at this morning. And I'm coming to the end now. I'm not sure what miracle you're after. I'm not sure whether you need a new job. You might need a new relationship. You might need to solve your current relationship. You might need issues. You've got issues with your finances. You might need a breakthrough there. You might need a breakthrough with your health. It could be anything. It could be small. It could be huge. And maybe at this moment in time, either here or online, you might be thinking of giving up. You might be thinking of giving up that job. Giving up on that marriage. Giving up on that calling that you know God is calling you to. You might even be thinking about giving up on life itself. But I'm here this morning to tell you, don't give up. Adjust your net and just see what God can do. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.